body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Behind the mask. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got another jam-packed episode recapping some Michigan State hockey. It's still Michigan week on the campus of Michigan State University. Football team cranking out a huge 37-34 or 37-33 win, excuse me, last Saturday. But the hate for Spartan fans is still not over. But before we get into that, we do have a very special introduction as we have a very special guest Unfortunately, Ryan Radosevich is not able to be here. Yes, Ryan, I did say your name correctly this time. My apologies for the last one. But introducing Impact's very own Matt Merrifield. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great. So give the listeners a little bit about yourself. You know, Major, they kind of already know your name. So Major, you know, what's your favorite hockey team? And, you know, what 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 makes you excited? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, I'm Matt Merrifield. I'm a freshman here at Michigan State. I'm a social social relations and policy major at James Madison College. My favorite hockey team is the San Jose Sharks, which has its positives and negatives. Um, and I, I just have a real great passion for all Michigan State sports. I love Michigan State hockey. I've been going to the GLI every year, being from Detroit. Love going down to Little Caesars or to the Joe and watching Michigan State hockey. So very excited to be on the show and look forward to a great podcast. All right. I love. I think this might be the first episode in a while where there have been no Red Wings fans on the podcast. Oh, that is actually pretty. That's pretty. Wow. Because last uh, last season I was have all no ha- words for that. Last season we had Hattie and Ryan. Now Ryan's gone right now. So yeah. Ha- so Jacob, note for this episode, you can put as many Red Wing quips as you want in this episode because I bet you this, Ryan and Hattie both listening, they're not going to be too happy if you do say something. I mean, there's not there's not much more to chirp about Detroit sports. Detroit sports themselves are already enough of, of an L. All right, man. There's number one. We're we're gonna stop them right there. So moving <laughs> on, let's actually talk about what is important on this podcast. Um, we're gonna look a little bit at the Big Ten. I'm going to skip over exactly what I wanted to say. Um, heading into the intro, but that's fine. Heading into the Big Ten this weekend, we do have some updated rankings. Michigan is still the highest Big Ten team in the USCHO poll. They are third. Minnesota is fifth. Penn State, surprisingly, 16th. Notre Dame, again, surprisingly, 17th. And then Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Michigan State receive votes. So that's pretty pretty good uh, representation for the Big Ten in the USCHO. As we take a look at the Big Ten standings overall as it stands, Minnesota with six points uh, after sweeping, I believe, Notre Dame last week. Actually, it's right there. Yes, they did. They sit on top of the Big Ten with six points, and then there's a bunch of teams with three points, including Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. And then sitting on the bottom is Notre Dame and Penn State. I'll give Penn State a little bit of a benefit of doubt because they have yet to open their Big Ten schedule, even though they have technically the best overall record in the conference taking a look around what happened in the big 10 and a couple of other scores from last week the big one that jumped out among all of the national games western michigan friday night last weekend beats colgate six to five the broncos were down five to nothing 
in that game. They clawed their way back, six unanswered, including the game winner, I think, in regulation. I don't think it went in overtime. I digress. They swept that series. We're going to move on. Penn State finished, I think, their non-conference schedule so far as they answer Big Ten play this week. They beat North Dakota. They beat the Fighting Hawks 6-4 to down in Smashville for the Hockey Hall of Fame game. And then as we move on, Minnesota sweeps Notre Dame 4-1 to the score in game one, 3-2 in game two, closer one in the second game. Wisconsin and Michigan, they split their series. It was a wild 3-0 victory for Michigan Friday night, and then Wisconsin was able to squeak out a win against Michigan, I believe, at Yost to split that series. And then... um. To go on and take a look at who Michigan State previously played last week before Ohio State, UMass Lowell, the team that, you know, took a few points away from the Spartans in a couple of one-shot hockey games and really took it to Michigan State, they also decided to take it to Boston University and swept the Terriers. Good for the Riverhawks. That is surprising. It makes Michigan State's uh, loss them look better by comparison, too. Yeah, Boston Boston area teams, all the Beanpot teams, be, be on the lookout because UMass Lowell is on a mission right now. And to wrap up the interesting scores from last week, Michigan State splits Ohio State. And now we will segue into that recap. Michigan State in game one, a 2-1 to victory. Senior netminder Drew DeRitter stopped 41 out of 42 shots. Michigan State opened the scoring with a Josh Nodler power play goal. They now have six power play goals on the season, which I believe ties last year's mark or is better than that mark. I do not remember because last year the power play was pitiful. To keep things going, Ohio State even the game um, with a goal of their own on the power play, so special teams. We talked about it a lot. It's going to come back to bite Michigan State, either for them or against them. And then Eric Middendorf got the game-winning goal with under five minutes left to play in that second period. The Spartans would hold on, getting outshot 42-17. to Final power play and penalty kill stats. Michigan State, one for two on the job, two for three on the kill. I think that was their first blemish of the season, if I remember correctly. And moving on to game two, this one was a little bit more of a lopsided affair, but we'll get into the reasons why Ohio State opened the scoring 233 into that first period. Patrick Guzzo, who I believe scored for the Buckeyes last year when the Buckeyes came to Mun Ice Arena, I, I think I had a pleasure of calling one of those goals. Uh, the, the lone goal for the Spartans actually tied the game in the second period. It was Josh Nadler getting his second of the weekend from Griffin Lochran and David Gucciardi. So those are a couple of good names that have continued their scoring paces. And then the wheels kind of fell off as um, OSU's Cherimeta made it 2-1 to one, heading into second intermission. Ohio State would score three goals into the third, including an empty net goal. It was actually the fourth goal that was empty net, which kind of puts a little bit more things into perspective. And Michigan State was outshot 34 to 20. Final stats on the job. Michigan State one for three on the power play, two for two, perfect on the penalty kill. And Drew DeRitter started this game as well. So as we look at the stats and see what kind of happened in the two to one victory, the five one loss, what are what are your guys' takeaways from last week's series? Well, so first, uh during our blank wins if section, I remember I had the Ohio State wins if 
uh, just they started Dobish. Uh, that turned out to not be a great take, considering you didn't make 20-plus saves in either of those two games. So uh, I'll have to retract that one. I'll take the L on that. But uh, really the main takeaway from Michigan State out of this series is they're just too reliant on their goaltending. I think they know that they, ha- that they have two elite talents b- back there in Charleston and DeRitter. Um, but really, I think they're just relying too much on them in order to try and win them games. I mean, you can't afford to get outshot by double digits, both games of a weekend series, and expect to come away with wins. It's just not how it works. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I also think that the goal scoring for this team is very centralized. Guys, like, um, obviously Jeremy Davidson has had a great start to the season. Nodler had two. So I definitely think that they need to start spreading the wealth a little bit more when you see some more guys step up and uh, get some more uh, offensive uh, power from uh, some of the third and fourth line guys. Yeah, and talking to Danton Cole this week, five-on-five scoring has pretty much been a mantra of these Michigan State teams. It's their their recipe for success. If they have five-on-five scoring, they prove to be successful. Last year, they didn't have a lot of scoring in general, and it was horrendous on the power play. This year, it's kind of opposite. They're getting those chances, and they're, they're making things count on the power play. But it's can they take that extra step on five-on-five? And as we take a look at it, you, I mean, you look at it, one f- or you had... Let's see if I remember correctly. Yeah, one for three on the power play in game two. Their lone goal was on the power play. One goal was on the power play in game one. So you can you can rely on special teams all you want. Special te- like it's hockey. Special teams is not going to win you games. In football, it it can it can completely change the complexion of a game. But in hockey, you need to get five on five scoring, and that's just something that hasn't been on par lately. Of course, Mitchell Lewandowski was out last weekend. If I remember correctly, he did not play both games. So a little bit of line juggling did ensue. But the thing is, is that they're not getting that five-on-five scoring, which is something that they need to do. And I, I don't really know how they go about it because I see you see who's on those lines. I, I asked him about, you know, bottom six scoring. How much of a difference will bottom six scoring, you know, make into this series. And of course, every coach is going to answer almost the same way. If you can get scoring from your bottom six guys, you've done a very good job. That's, that's not something that you expect them to have. They're more of your checking lights. They're more of your get some offensive zone time. So your big guns can come out. So the thing, the thing that stood out to me is you can't get out shot 42 to 17 in game one. Like they got to win good for them because Drew DeRitter stood on his head and Drew DeRitter has stood on his head. I remember me and Matt, talk, we talked before the, the podcast started. DeRitter's, what, two, one and one this season now when facing 35 or more shots? Yeah, something like that. All but one of his starts, he's had more than 35 shots. Exactly. And that, that second start was because he faced 34 in game two. And then last year, he was 3-3-1 three, three and one with facing um, 35 or more shots, including a 51-save performance. Yeah, 51-save performance against this same Ohio State team that put five goals past him and another five to one loss that was at Munn. So any other takeaways before we kind of move on and preview the, the upcoming team? Not really. I think, yeah, the big key is just they're being too reliant on that goaltending is my, my main, the big thing I noticed. Yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to need to rely on goaltending a lot more because of the team that is coming into town on Saturday the Michigan Wolverines will be coming to town after Michigan State plays Michigan at Yost on Friday night. Just to give a little bit of a deep dive into Michigan so far, they're 1-1 one one in the Big Ten after splitting 
a series with Wisconsin last weekend. A 3-0 victory for the Wolverines on Friday, a 4-2 loss on Saturday. Michigan six, Michigan sits 6-2 and two overall, including winning the Icebreaker Challenge, which good for them on that. Uh, Michigan right now is 6th in the nation in shots, while Michigan State is 33rd. Yikes. Uh, last season, both uh, both teams took a victory from each other. Umich won that first game 9-0 back at Yost and decided to, loss, to lose the, the next day at Munn in a 3-2 scrappy victory for the Spartans. Um, a few notable people to watch for this Michigan team. Brendan Brisson, who has been electric so far, he has double-digit points. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think my stats are wrong here. So I'm going to actually have to look this up real quick. Excuse me. Brisson has seven goals and five assists in eight games. He's got 12 points. There are three players on Michigan that have double-digit points already, and I'm pretty sure they're all draft picks. Ken Johnson, Thomas Bordalo, and Brendan Brisson with... Everybody's favorite defenseman, Owen Power. I'm pretty sure he plays defense, right? Yeah, he's a defenseman. Yeah. He's got eight points. So, yeah, tough. Um, So, Brendan Brisson, you have to watch out for him. And then Eric Portillo has actually played pretty well. He's started every game. He's has an 883 save percentage, which the goalie in the room will know that that's not really Great. that good. And a 2.25 goals against average, which if you're Michigan State, you're kind of licking your chops right now because 225 against a Michigan State team that pretty much puts up 250, <laughs> 2.5 yeah. a game. Yeah, uh, especially against the 883 eight, percentage. Yeah, 883 sub-900 is uh, not pretty good. Yeah. So anything that jumps out for from you guys about this Michigan Wolverines team besides the amount of draft picks that you can't count on one hand? I mean, it kind of reminds me – of this, of the same play style that I don't normally see, there's at least on paper what the numbers are telling me that this is a team that really likes to put the puck in the back of the net and they do it a lot. Um, but really, like if you they just they don't do a great job of keeping the puck out of their own net, um, just at least with that save percentage on guys from guys like Portillo. Plus, my main thing with Michigan right now, I feel like they start off the season very hot. Uh, obviously, their early record tells you they blew bunch of really good teams out of the water uh won five in a row to start the season but i think they kind of come back down to earth a little bit um they've only won two they lost two of the last four and one of them one of those wins was only in overtime i feel like splitting a series against western michigan and then another series against wisconsin i just i don't know it 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 gives a reason for a potential of you know there i say it possibly an upset coming up for me for michigan state whoa Possibly. Did you did you just speak those words into existence? I'm not going to bet my house. I'm not going to bet the house on it. But I I think it's they have more of a chance in them than a lot of people would be giving them credit for. Yeah, I would definitely have to add on the fact that Michigan does put the puck in the net. That's what they're very good at. But at the same time, they're um they take a lot of penalties. If I'm looking at this correctly, they've taken 46 penalties in eight games. That is, and obviously we talked about how good Michigan State power play is. If they can take advantage of that through the, this weekend, that could really make it a lot more interesting than what we'd expect. But uh, I would have to agree with Jacob that I don't think an upset is out of the question this weekend. Taking one, I definitely don't think is any any uh, isn't too unrealistic to expect from the Spartans. If you take a look at Michigan's two losses this season, 
a 4-2 loss to Wisconsin, a 5-2 loss to Western. Both of those teams jumped early. Michigan found themselves in a hole, and they just couldn't dig themselves out of it. Take a look at their wins. I'm just I'm going to go through. It's, this includes a exhibition victory, so we'll just list this out. 7-1 against Bowling Green, exhibition. 6-1 against Lake Superior, 7-4 against Lake Superior, both of those victories. The Icebreaker Invitational, or the Icebreaker Challenge, uh, yeah, Icebreaker. 5-1 against Minnesota Duluth, 3-2 against Minnesota State, and that's a very good Minnesota State team. And then a 3-2 overtime victory against Western, and a 3-0 victory against Wisconsin. Take a look at that. It's pretty much three goals that they can get in all those games that they win, and they hold the opposing team to barely under two. Now, with the exception of that one Lake Superior game, which I think went pretty back and forth for both teams, this is a very interesting series because this is where either Michigan proves themselves or they don't because they have all the firepower. Everybody that saw Wisconsin two years ago saw that they had so much firepower that they just couldn't figure out what to do with it. You know, you give all the kittens the ball of yarn and they just all play with it and it just it goes to shambles and then they went from worst to first and pretty much put every they turned the turned the engine on and just left everybody in the dust because they were that good and now you take a look at this michigan team they're coming off of a stinging loss at home against wisconsin and they welcome in their their rivals michigan state at home and then they go and play them on the road the next day to me they're there seems to just be one thing. If you can get on Michigan early, you have a chance to succeed. It's almost like putting your little brother in the corner or or being a parent and putting two like putting a sibling into the corner because they're just it it'll stew. The the anger will stew and they 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 try so hard to get those goals back that they just end up you know, you're gripping your stick a little too high or, or a little too harder, or you're trying to make the fancy plays that aren't going to work. I was not trying to make a, a specific. I was, I was. I'm not. Well, I'm no, not. I'm just not saying, saying I like the comment. The, no, I'm just saying I like the uh, the specific use of the phrase "little brother" while we're talking about Michigan right I, now. But I wasn't trying to. <laughs> I know. I, was I know. Not it was, trying I know it wasn't intentional. I just thought it was. I thought it was funny when, that you brought it up. It's it's the equivalent of when you are a parent and your child is acting up and you put them in the corner the anger stews. Right. And therefore, you know, you, you start to get a little more rambunctious. You start to get more anxious. You end up doing more harm than good because, as we all know, when it, like when we were all little kids, we all just got even more frustrated at, at the decisions that were being made regarding our opportunities to actually not be in a corner. So as I digress, I'm just saying the fact that if Michigan gets down early, it just seems like they almost self-destruct. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, even then... That you're, we're kind of stealing my blank wins if section right now, but I also have written down that. Um, this is why you always have two. Well, you have uh, to have a backup to the backup. So I will go find. I'll, I'll find one while we're talking about this right now. There we go. But I have written down uh, basically that even then, the, when the converse of that happens, um, when Michigan is either leading or is tied after one period, they're four and zero this year. Three and zero, but it's tied. One and zero if they're winning. But so yeah, even just to add to what you said, yeah, even the converse of that is true. So I think I fully agree on that. If the, if the key, I think, for the Spartans is going to have to be jumping on the on the Wolverines early. 
Yeah, I definitely have to agree with the standpoint that uh, getting a one nothing lead in a hockey game is probably the biggest advantage you can have, right, having that, especially early. And with Michigan, all those personalities, all those top talents on the bench together, you can definitely understand why when they're down they want to come back, right? Everybody, somebody's going to want to make a play. It's just whether or not they start to clash together and, and self-destruct even more. So I definitely think that State's going to have to get on them early. And I also think that, obviously, we saw last weekend they only had 17 shots in one of the games and 20 in the other. They have to get more shots on goal and really create opportunities for them to get up early. Yeah, and as that, as we wrap up the Michigan preview, we will move into our favorite blank wins if segment. Jacob, do you have it ready to go yet? I have not figured it out. All right, uh, so <laughs> Matt, we will go to you first, which is actually kind of weird because usually Jacob is always first. Yeah. We, we love this guy. Well, but... I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, that was kind of my big thing was you know the key for um, for Michigan was just don't fall behind early. Yeah, and and so if you're not playing from uphill, or or basically if you're not fighting an uphill battle for the entire game, you're gonna put yourself in a good position to win, um, no matter what team you are. But that's especially true for Michigan because they are four and zero when that is the case. Yeah, but as we move into this segment, Matt, you Mish wins if what they get to Deritter. Obviously, the saying you score more goals than the other team you win, but truly, if they can execute and continue to score a lot of goals and get get uh, get pucks past Ritter. I don't think State has the f- the firepower to k- stay with them and win a 6 to 5 hockey game. If Michigan State's going to win this weekend, it's going to have to be low scoring. So I definitely have to say that Michigan would have to win with uh lower sc- or Michigan would win if they score more, if they score a lot. Yeah, I would say the other one that I would go for in that case also kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um uh, more so I was going to say if they put up we'll we'll say just for the for the number. Um I'll go against what um, what Cam says, but um, they are against the stats about Dritter with the numbers here. But what I'd say Michigan has to put up, let's say thirty-five. They same thing about getting to Dritter. Uh, they put up a lot of shots on net, and they have a lot of firepower of people that can put that puck in the back of the net. And they have to play that up-tempo pace of hockey that that makes or that Michigan State is not comfortable doing. And so I think if they can kind of dictate that pace of the game, they're gonna win. Yeah, and I mean my my wins if for you, Mish, is if they're leading after two periods. I mean, anytime you can take a lead into a third period, it's great. No matter what team you are, if you can get that lead going into the third, you have twenty minutes. You have you have essentially won forty minutes of the game. You just have to put away the last twenty. Michigan State is one and two so far when trailing after two periods. Okay, they were the comeback kids two years ago. They were not comeback kids last year. And as it stands right now, they don't seem to be that team that can beat you five on five, especially in the third period. I think something that we should all probably try to look for for next week is, you know, breakdown period by score or breakdown scoring by period. Um, I know some teams do that, um, but that that's going to be something that you have to look forward to because Michigan State, it's, it just seems like they don't score a lot of goals in the third period. So to be honest, Michigan wins one maybe two games if they take a lead into the third period because they know that they can probably outskate Michigan State in terms of the young nimble people that they have on the team and just the run and gun that they they can probably deploy whenever they want yeah I'd agree with that definitely um should we move straight into the Michigan State wins if then yeah are you trying to steal my thunder possibly 
Oh, geez. So, um, in this case, Michigan State wins if what, Jacob Stinson? Um, really, I think the key, it's all about who can control the pace. And I think, first, for Michigan State, it's going to be the win if they can really establish good possession in the offensive zone. Don't even need to necessarily put a certain number of shots on net or score a certain number of goals. If they can truly get a good handle on the puck, be able to move it around in the offensive zone well against the Wolverines, they'll have a great shot. Because like we've noticed, like we noted earlier, they do not do a great job defending their own net. Eric Portillo does not have a great save percentage. But so I think if they can just yeah control that puck and force some shots in that direction um, of Eric Portillo, they'll be great. Because once again, if you're if you have the puck in the offensive zone, think about where it also is not in your in your zone. So same thing. Just if you can control the tempo and the pace, the possession, easy easy formula for victory. Anytime that you can pretty much put in like a like a reference to a John Madden like segment essentially, which is essentially what you did, you know. If the puck is in the in the other team's zone, guess where it's not? It's not in yours. So True. I mean, that's that's why that's why we love John Madden. So, moving on, Matt, Michigan State wins if what? If Michigan cannot stay out of the penalty box, if Michigan State gets their opportunity to obviously we talked about how they can't score on even strength if they get their chances on the power play to stay even with Michigan's offense, I think that scoring. And obviously we talked about Portillo not having a great save percentage. They can get high scoring opportunities on the power play. It'll definitely be a great equalizer and give them a shot to get a win this weekend. I actually have a stat that counteracts your argument. Ooh. Michigan State is 3-1 and one when they have more penalty minutes than the opposition. Interesting. So maybe if you're a Spartan fan, you want to have more penalty minutes than Michigan. Yeah, you want to load up their power play. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. All righty. That's that. Yeah, that's fun. As we move on to my my little blank wins, if I think Michigan State wins, if they win five on five, I've I've pretty much harped on special teams the entire time this year, so I might as well hop off of that train and move on to something else because it has been addressed. The five on five scoring has been lacking, and it's not just that. It's you know there's there's certain nuances in the game. That certain fans will realize and certain other fans won't realize. And that's, you know, how does your bottom six play in relation to the other team's bottom six play? How does how do your lines match up? And what is the job of each line? And have have they executed that? I don't care if Michigan State gets outscored five on five. I want like if they can outplay Michigan five on five they should be able to win a few games. And what I mean is the fact that if Michigan State gives up two, if it's three to one or three to two or even two to one in terms of five on five scoring, Michigan State's power play can come in the clutch. Michigan State's penalty kill can come in the clutch. You could turn it into a special teams battle. For me, it's going to be who wins on a line by line basis. And that's all going to happen at five on five. It's how does your five skaters match up against the other team's five skaters. And for me, if Michigan State can just can outplay Michigan in terms of body positioning, zone time, controlling the neutral zone and limiting the turnovers, those costly turnovers, the unforced errors, then they could essentially outplay Michigan five on five and possibly win a few games. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. I think it's just, yeah, I think people are not giving Michigan State as much credit as they deserve, I feel like. 
Um, definitely, there is very big upset potential. Obviously, Michigan's a better team on paper with all the talent that's on that roster. But, yeah, like I said, do not fully count out the Spartans. And I think what has kind of helped, and this is kind of just jumping on multiple little tracks, is the fact that Danton Cole's press conferences happen immediately after Coach Mel Tucker's. And Coach Tucker continually harps on it's a, it's a game by game basis. Mm-hmm. You don't want to look f- too far ahead. You don't want to you don't want to un- overestimate you don't want to underestimate your enemy, but you also don't want to overestimate. And you can kind of hear that because when um, Dennis Asana was talking to um, the media after practice yesterday, he he was talking about how yes they have a lot of talent on that team, but we have a lot of talent on. He's, he said, quote, that they, we have a lot of talent, meaning, you know, the Spartans do. I'm not saying we because, yes. this He basically was trying to make the point that Michigan State deserves to be on the same ice as Michigan, and they will be because they are both playing a game this weekend. So people often overlook the fact that maybe some, there is sometimes such thing as too much talent, but there's also this thing that, you know, it's not like Michigan State is – paying michigan to be there to just just to play them for funsies it's like no this is a real college rivalry both teams deserve to be on the ice so that's that's just my little my little tidbit so as we keep this thing rolling along we're going to go over the schedule for november as it as we take a look at it tomorrow night november 5th a friday michigan state will play university of michigan at yost at 7 30 that game will be on big 10 network it will be a nationally televised game saturday's matchup at mun ice arena will uh puck drop at 7 30 p.m that game will be on big 10 plus next week michigan state is at home to ferris state on a thursday at 7 p.m., that game will be broadcast live on the airwaves of WDBM 88.9 East Lansing. That should be that will be our first call this season after having a bunch last year. So it'll be great to bless the East Lansing airwaves with some Michigan State hockey. And Michigan State returns to favor two days later, November 13th, when they travel to Big Rapids to play Ferris State. Uh, that puck drop is also at 7 p.m. And then the Spartans will finish out the month of November on November 19th of Friday night versus Wisconsin at Mun Ice Arena. Game one that Friday night is set for 7 p.m. The Saturday the Saturday puck drop has yet to be determined against Wisconsin. Um, we have a few minutes that we could talk about this, but where, gentlemen, where do you see Michigan State in the re- or their record in the month of November? Jacob, I would give it probably about uh, three and three, even possibly four and two. Uh, I think they really do. I think they'll be uh, they'll pick up at least one win against Wisconsin, at least one. I think they'll win one of two, at least one or two against Ferris, and then the third win is a toss up. Could uh, could sweep Wisconsin, uh, who has not looked that great so far this year. But then again, they could also sweep Michigan, or not sweep. Uh, they could get, they could knock off the game against Michigan as well this coming weekend. So I think it's definitely possible um, for that split. Uh, so I would give it from three and three with an upside of four and two. I definitely have to agree with that. Uh, I don't see any reason why they can't get 
definitely the one at home against Ferris. And uh, obviously, I think they could even get both against Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, we have seen they have struggled to start the season. And uh, so that, that would be three. And then at Ferris could be a toss-up. And I see no reason why they can't steal one for Michigan this weekend. So I definitely think it's safe to say they can get three the, in the month, go three and three in the month of November. Yeah. Three and three seems like a safe bet because if you take a look at it, you can take at least one game from Ferris. You could take at least one game from uh, Wisconsin because you're at home. And you could possibly take one against UMich. To me, it's going to be, okay, where can they get those extra wins from? Because it's it's hard to split in the Big Ten, or it's hard to sweep in the Big Ten. But there's, there's ample opportunities. Michigan State plays at home for the last time until the GLI when they play Wisconsin on the 19th and the 20th. So that'll be something that, you know, that might be a little thing that they need to look at or maybe not look at is, you know, leaving the home fans happy. So I think you could probably take two from that game. You could probably take two from Ferris. If you go four and two in the month of November while playing, you know, you Mish, I think you're playing with house money at that point in the season. You would love to go six and zero if you're Michigan State, but you have to be idealistic. But if you can take two games against Ferris and then one game apiece, it's all about where does that where does that last game come from? And if it, if they can get both from Ferris and Wisconsin, they're in they're looking in really good shape. I could also see them going five and one. To be honest, a win against a, a top three team in in the country, and then being able to play Ferris, who's not a pushover team, that is a very good team in the CCHA. So that's just me. Um, I could see it going any as low as two and four or as high as five and one. So that's just me. I'm an optimist sometimes, pretty much only on this podcast. So <laughs> we're going to move now to the best segment, I would say, of this podcast, because this is the point where I go on long tangents, is the Behind the Mask Pick'ems. We're going to recap last week. Myself and Ryan, fallen soldier who's not here today, got two points for a Minnesota sweep over Notre Dame. Take that, Jacob. No points for anybody in the Michigan-Wisconsin matchup because I think we all picked Michigan. Not going to lie, who wouldn't? And no points for Penn State versus North Dakota because we all picked North Dakota. Boy, were we wrong. Four syllables there. And we all got a point. Me, Ryan, and Jacob got a point for the Michigan State-Ohio State split, which I think was probably our most confident pick of the weekend. As we take a look, we have four games featuring all seven of the Big Ten teams in action. The first up, non-conference play, but the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the 17th-ranked team in the nation, play Holy Cross who do you have, Jacob? I've got Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame here. I know nothing about Holy Cross. Notre Dame's pretty good. I was I was pretty high on them. I said that last episode too. Uh, give me the Irish in a sweep. Uh, definitely. I think Notre Dame's gonna want to get back on back on the winning track after getting swept last weekend. So I think they go out and sweep Holy Cross at home. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame good. Holy Cross not good. Uh, moving on. Number 16, Penn State. They begin their Big Ten conference schedule against Ohio State. Jacob, who do you got? Uh, I've got a split here. I I don't know why. Gut feeling. 
Uh, I never was too much into Penn State per se. I don't know how I still don't know how I feel about them. Still don't know how I feel about Ohio State either. Uh, I don't I don't feel strongly about this either way. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the split. I was uh, also on the fence about Penn State, but after seeing them go last week and take uh, take one from North Dakota, I'm gonna go with Penn State in the sweep against Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, I think the Jakob Dobesh sway has pulled a little bit on Jacob because he's going a little bit safe. I thought he would be a little bit more ambitious. I mean, only a one-point lead. Actually, I did forget to mention the standings, so um, I will give my pick and then go through that. But I've got Penn State. I think it's Penn State Revenge Tour, and I think they take both from Ohio State, whether or not Dobesh is in net or not, because Michigan State took one off of Dobesh, and you were wrong about that, Jacob. In your your Michigan your your Ohio State wins if pick last week was if Dobish started, they would win those games. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they did not win game one. They did not. They did not. It's okay. We hold you accountable. We hold people accountable on this podcast. And I will hold myself accountable because I did not explain the standings. As it stands, Ryan, buddy, you're still in last place. Eleven points. Come on. But you are closer than you were last year last week because Heading up in second place is myself. I've got 14 points, and I'm only one behind the leader who was in this same position last year until he kind of choked it all away. Jacob, he's got 15 points. So it's pre- it's starting to get a little bit closer, and as we take a look at the other picks, it might get even closer for n- next week. See, I, I, I realized with it, I ran into the issue of my picks started going down the toilet the moment that I started overthinking them or that I started actually kind of putting thought into them. Uh, it's I go pretty much all of like gut feelings right now. Uh, I put in all those picks a good like hour before I started doing any research at all for this game. So or for this podcast. So yeah, those are just my those are just my gut feelings. The Sm- more, I feel like if I overthink it, then uh, that's when I get wrong. Smart move. And as we take a look at the last two games of this weekend's slate, number five Minnesota plays Wisconsin. Who do you have, Matt? I'm going to go with the split this weekend. I'm not sure uh, what what I see in Wisconsin. I know they struggled to start the year, but I I think they'll find a way to split one. I, th- I honestly think uh, Minnesota might take them a little lightly, and I think they're able to take one from them. Interesting pick. Jacob? Give me the Gophers. Um, I've got – both these teams have let me down in the past. Uh, I predicted the Minnesota sweep – or no, so I predicted – I wasn't high Minnesota, I, and I predicted them to split with Notre Dame. That didn't work out for me. I predicted Wisconsin at one point to sweep somebody. I don't remember who it was a few weeks ago, and they and they let me down too. Really, I, I don't know why. I I cannot figure out the Big Ten. It's all, still all chaos. But uh, the Gophers, at least on paper, are the much better team. So therefore, give me Minnesota. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Minnesota. I think they're the better team. Um, both on paper and on the ice. I just, I think Minnesota's, you know, record speaks for itself. And Wisconsin still has a lot to prove um, after losing a lot of seniors. I'll give them props. They did beat Michigan, but I, I still think, as this, as the story was last year, Minnesota is just a better all-around team. And the final one, number three, Michigan, and a home-and-home against Michigan State. Who do you have, Jacob? I'm going to go with the Wolverines uh, for the sweep. I really am not feeling too particularly strong about this pick, mainly just because 
you know, with the rivalry game, you can throw a lot of the numbers and stuff coming into it out the window. But I don't know. I just I think that firepower is going to be too much. The Spartans still have a lot to prove. They st- I think they're still putting a lot of things together, uh, finding out you know what is this team's identity going forward for the rest of the year. And so I think Michigan is going to jump on that and get both games. Matt, I think it's going to be a split this weekend. Cam claims to be optimistic, but uh, I I I am not very optimistic about this weekend with Michigan State. Uh, I see no reason why they can't take that one Saturday night. I think them uh, being a rivalry game, a little bigger crowd, a little more energy coming from the Munsters. So I definitely think that will help the Spartans come out and get a split this weekend against the Wolverines. Yeah, I'm. I like your optimism. And I I said I was optimistic or optimist, but when it when it comes to um, competitive standings of almost pretty much betting on games, I'm still taking the Wolverines. I still think Michigan State has a lot to prove five on five. Um, and I just I think that you know Michigan, after getting burned last weekend against Wisconsin, goes in the Yost Friday night with a little bit of a you know a fire a fire in their bellies and they they get things going and then they decide to take it again Saturday night so it'll be an interesting game I think game two will be a lot closer just because that's just the way that Michigan State plays at Munn it's a it's going to be a lot closer game um but that is just me and that will do it for our behind the mask pickums segments and as we send you all away to enjoy your lovely weekend of watching Michigan State hockey we do have some coverage announcements Unfortunately, due to some issues that are out of our control, me and Ryan will not be partaking in a hour and 10 minute drive to Ann Arbor tomorrow night to watch the Spartans play Michigan at Yost for the first time since last season. However, me and Jacob Stinson, who joins me in the studio today, we will be covering Saturday night's game at Mon Ice Arena. You can follow him at what, Jacob? Jacob F. Stinson. J-A-C-O-B-F-S-T-I-N-S-O-N. That is correct. And you can follow me at Cam underscore McLaren. That is capital C-A-M, the little line that goes at the bottom, not through the middle. Underscore. Underscore, exactly. What did I say? You just said the little line. Yeah, it's an underscore. I was just trying to tell, like, give him a visual. But it's at... It's, at capital C-A-M underscore capital M-C-C-L-A-R-R-E-N. Two C's, two R's, and you're good to go. But that will do it. I want to say thank you, Matt, for making your Behind the Mask debut. I am pretty sure we'll, we will be seeing a lot more from you if you want to drop your Twitter because I know you do some special work with Impact Sports Daily. I do. My Twitter handle is at M Merrifield 2027. That is M M E R R I F I E L D 2027. That is my Twitter. And make sure you tune in for Impact Sports Daily podcasts. We do those. Try to do them every day and keep you up to new up to date with everyday sports news. And uh, make sure you check it out. Yeah, and that will do it from us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week to break down the last rivalry weekend of 2021 here on the campus of Michigan State University. From Jacob Stinson and Matt Merrifield, I am Cameron McLaren saying see you next week.